0: Hey everyone, it's Pastor Micah, lead pastor here at High Praise Crestview. I want to say thank you for choosing to listen to today's podcast. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from today and go connect with us on social media as well. My prayer is that as you listen to this message, you're encouraged, blessed, and transformed by the power of the Word of God. Now open your heart and get ready to receive what God wants to speak to you today. Turn in your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 is what we're going to read this morning to start out. Uh, If you've been here for uh, last week and then like four weeks ago for three weeks uh, because we had a big month where we had a bunch of stuff going on we weren't able to continue the series, I've been in this series called This is the Way, Understanding the Importance and Power of Prayer. How many of you in this room have been here at least at one of those messages? Now, how many of you will say, Pastor, I've received something in one of those messages? Okay, I'm still doing all right. All right. I saw some people not raise their hand anymore, so, well, I guess they didn't get anything. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. We're going to continue in this. And the last three messages of this has just been breaking down the blueprint of how Jesus taught us to pray. You know, Jesus actually gave us a way to pray. Many of you, uh, if you've ever played any sports, you may have prayed that prayer at the end of your football game or basketball game or maybe the beginning back in the locker room but listen that prayer is so much more than just a little prayer that we do in a sports event it is actually a blueprint for us as Christians on different ways that we can pray and we can actually go to the throne room and pray and ask for the Lord to move and do things on our behalf amen but today I want to kind of shift things a little bit and maybe some of you you I'm honest with you you might be a little bit uncomfortable in this message a little bit and the reason being is because maybe you haven't been in a church that really flows as much in the power of the Holy Spirit and this morning I want to preach and teach a little bit on understanding the power of the Holy Spirit but along with that speaking in a heavenly language amen we're going to talk about that because that's another way to pray and you need to understand that that prayer has power whenever you begin to pray in your heavenly language whenever you begin to pray in the spirit whenever Whenever you begin to intercede in the spirit, listen, there is great power in that. As a matter of fact, if you want to write this down, and you can read this later in your own time, but uh, Bishop Bill Hammond has an incredible book on this topic called 70 Reasons for Speaking in Tongues. 70 Reasons for Speaking in Tongues. In the book, guess what he does? He gives you 70 reasons for speaking in tongues, okay? And it's an incredible read. It'll really help you understand why we we why we why encourage people to pray in tongues. And today, I'm going to try to dive into a little bit of that. Um, I don't have a whole, whole lot of time. We have, I have um, eight pages of notes this morning, so I, I'm way over prepared. But I wanted to make sure that I was able to give you some understanding of why we do what we do. Amen. But let's first jump into this. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says this. To him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can think or ask according to the power, goes on to say this, that works where? Within so 19 of the people in this room have the power within us the other ones are still wondering where it is I said to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask that we can think or ask according to the power that works within us where's the power? us, where's the power? me, it's in you, it's in us that's where the power is God, God is not listen to me understand the way I say this God is not just doing things he's doing things through people he needs people to example heaven on earth. And listen to me, you will never example heaven on earth without being filled with the spirit of God. Some of y'all are going, well, I, I love people. Absolutely. And you're doing a great job at that. Credible. Some of you. But there's more to exampling heaven on earth than I love you. Exampling heaven on earth looks a little bit like what we did this morning whenever we're saying, who in the room is having problem in their eyes? Oh, that's you? All right, well, Jesus said... He'll do exceedingly abundantly above where I can think, ask, or imagine according to the power that works within me. And the Bible also says, that I will go lay hands on the sick and see them recover, cast out demons in his name, so on and so forth. So this is me exampling for the heaven on earth. Whenever I go lay hands on somebody and I see healing, guess what they just stepped into? They just stepped in to a new step into heaven because there is no sickness, there is no pain, there is none of that in heaven. So whenever I flow in the gifts of the Spirit, and whenever I lay hands on the sick and I see Them recover, understand what it says. I'm not choking them out into heaven, but I'm helping them bring them into heaven. Are you getting this this morning? You understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm helping them be free of sickness through the power that works within us. Once again, we're not just talking about our heavenly prayer language this morning, we're also going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit because there's great power in the Holy Spirit. Now, turn over to Luke's Gospel, Luke's Gospel 24. We're starting verse 46. Now, I want to go and let you know, prepare, you buckle your seatbelts. I've got 3011 scriptures this morning. I've got a lot of scripture. That's what that means. I don't actually have 3,011 scriptures, all right? I have a lot of scripture this morning because I want to make sure that you understand, once again, this is not our personal preference. This is all biblical and Bible-based. Everything that we're doing, you can see exampled throughout the Word of God, okay? Okay? and somewhere along the way we decided to throw that out and act like it doesn't exist or matter anymore and we've missed the power of the holy spirit of what god wants to do through a church and through a family you think about you go back to the beginning of the church whenever acts the church acts whenever it happened whenever the church exploded and began to take place you know what they were doing they were flowing in the holy spirit the holy spirit is what started the church but somewhere along the way, and that's, it's not Pentecost Sunday yet, but at it, the end of this month it is. We're going to preach on it then. Holy Spirit started the church. And somewhere along the way, we decided we don't need your power anymore. We can do it on our own. And then we wonder, why doesn't the church have the impact that it used to? Why does it not have the influence in society that it used to? Somewhere along the way, we decided we didn't need the Holy Spirit anymore. And we thought we could do it all in our own flesh, all by our own might, all by our own strength. But we can't do that. We need the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. I promise you this. I am not a good speaker. I'm not. Matter of fact, I'll tell myself, every Sunday afternoon almost, y'all should hear me in the car. I sound sometimes like a drunk person because I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just talking and like stumbling over my words, using incorrect grammar constantly. I probably do it in the pulpit sometimes. And and, my wife said, you do. (laughs) I know I'm not a good speaker. And many of us, if we're really honest, some of the things we do, we're not good at. But when Holy Spirit steps in, we're good at it. And it's not because we're doing it ourselves; It's because there's a greater strength that's working within us that is helping us, continuing us, pushing us, anointing us. I said this one time. I said this one time. (laughs) I I told Pastor Chelsea one time, I said, I'm not a good singer. But I feel like the energy that the Holy Spirit gives me when I sing somehow makes it a lot better. (laughs) There's something about the anointing of the Holy Spirit That pushes you past your flaws, and listen to this even, even helps other people receive you better past your flaws. Because once again, it's not your own strength. It's not by might, nor my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. If we really want to be effective to people around us, we got to be willing to flow in the Holy Spirit. And listen to me, we limit the Holy Spirit. I am not on topic already. It's okay. We limit the Holy Spirit a lot. I just got somewhat voluntold to be a flag football coach. I told I told, I told told my wife, I said, I'm not doing it this year. John asked me if I'd do it, and I told John, I said, I, I paid extra to not volunteer this year. And I would pay another $100 to not volunteer this year. Reagan decided he wanted to play last minute, and they needed a coach on his age group, and I told Chelsea from the beginning, I said, if they have to have somebody, I'll do it. And they're begging for somebody on there, and I was like, okay, okay, Lord, I'll do it. I get, I, I'm saying that, I'm getting somewhere, y'all just stay with me. Now stay with me. I will not, <laughs> some of y'all think I'm crazy for this, I will not limit the Holy Spirit, and I will not begin to think that the Holy Spirit cannot flow through me even while I'm teaching kids flag football. Y'all going to make me cry in this room. There are kids that will be on my team that probably don't have a father figure in their life. Matter of fact, average of percentages says at least one of them don't. At minimum, exactly. But what if a godly man, even if I only have a couple months with the kids and get to have fun and teach them some things. What if a godly man enters into their life and at least teaches them one thing through the power of the Holy Spirit? And I'm not talking about how to catch a football. I'm talking about how to just be kind. How to love. you got to think, some of these kids probably have never heard a word of encouragement to them from a father. But then a father looks at them and says, I'm not their dad, obviously, but I'm a father... And I have the heart of the Father within me and says, man, bud, you're doing a great job. Man, that was awesome. Good job on that play. Little things like that, I don't limit the fact that the Holy Spirit can work through me in those moments of me just speaking small things that will impact their life. What am I saying? I'm not talking about just myself. I want you to look inside yourself right now and see your job, see your workspace, see the people you come into contact with. And don't limit the power of the Holy Spirit moving and working within you. He can do it. Amen. Let's get back to the actual word here. Luke chapter 24, I gave you plenty of time to get there. Verse 46, I don't know if I gave you time to get there yet, but verse 46, we're read through 49. This is Jesus speaking, he says, Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance, remember this, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. So Jesus is admonishing them. Listen, this had to happen. You preach repentance remission of sins to all nations then it goes on it does not stop there and you are witnesses of these things verse 49 behold i send you the promise of my father upon you now listen to me he's talking about the holy spirit that's the promise of the father here he's promising the holy spirit the promise of my father upon you but terry because we know what happens later, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. The word power there is the same word that's used in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, and it's the word dunamis. We'll talk about that in just a second. But Jesus tells the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until until they have done what? Received power. The word power there is the Greek word dunamis, which means this. Miracle working power or supernatural abilities. Miracle working power or supernatural ability. The word upon, when it says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. It means superimposition to place something on, such as transparent image on, or over something else. Often with the result that both things appear simultaneously, although one may uh, partially obscure the other. Paul said it like this, It is no longer I that live, but Christ that dwells within me. Now it says that they uh, receive the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued. The word endued there means this, to sink into a garment or to clothe. To sink into a garment or to clothe. That means this, not only are we filled, but we're also clothed. It's a complete saturation of his spirit whenever you receive the Holy Spirit, there is a complete saturation of the Spirit of God that happens in your life. Now, let's talk about that power origination point, when it took place, okay? Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, and it sounds a lot like what Jesus said, right? And and Jesus says this again, basically, and, and he reiterates himself. He says this, but you shall receive Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. But you shall receive what? The word power there. Guess what word it is? Dunamis. Same word. Jesus is still speaking the same thing, and he's talking about the same thing. The whole time, he's talking about what? The power of the Holy Spirit. So he's saying whenever you receive the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He's talking to the believers here too, by the way. when he's, spe- he's speaking to those. And so he's saying whenever you receive this, you're receiving power. The origination point for the power of God within us is the baptism or the infilling or superimposition of the Holy Spirit. That is where... Our power takes place. That is where we can begin to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. That's whenever we can begin to do the works that God has called us through, the things that He did, that Jesus did, and even greater things is what the Scripture says. But first, we must be filled with or baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, what, be- what the believers received on Pentecost is where the power of God begins. Same thing. They received power there in the upper room. And listen to me. There's a difference between being born of the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. They're not the same. They're not the same. You can be born of the spirit but not filled with the spirit. That's why Jesus that's why Jesus said in the in Luke's gospel, it says and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. There's a reason he did it in this order. He says, "Listen, you've got to teach people to repent and be born again, And then baptism of the Holy Spirit will take place. But first there has to be a salvation that takes place. Listen, before... Hear this this morning. Before you can be baptized by the Spirit, you have to be made new in the Spirit. Amen? If you want to receive the power of the Holy Ghost, first off, you have to be born of the Spirit. The new birth. Which means our spirit man is recreated and made made, made alive unto God. And we become a new creation. And then there's the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit after that. Now, not everyone will receive the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean it's not for everyone, but not everyone will receive it. I'm going to show you this real quickly. John chapter 7. John chapter 7, verse 37. You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read this. John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Thirty-eight. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39. But this he spoke concerning the spirit. Hear that? But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not even given yet because Jesus was not yet glorified therefore many from the crowd when they heard this saying truly this is the prophet others said this is the christ but some said will the christ come out of galilee has not the scripture said that the christ comes from the seed of david and from the town of bethlehem where david was so there was a division among the people because of him Jesus is talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit here not being yet. But whenever it comes, not everybody's going to receive it. So immediately after Jesus says these things, what happens? Arguing breaks out. Disagreement begins to take place. Understand this. As wonderful as the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, there will always be people that refuse it. There will always be people who refuse it. And listen to me. There's no figure out the way to balance this. There's no shame to anybody who refuses it. Let me say that. But at the same time, I believe that everyone should receive it. I believe if Jesus gave us, think about this, if Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit, why would we refuse it? Jesus goes, I'm sending you a gift. I'm sending you something better. I'm sending you something to give you the same power. And we go, no thanks because of weirds me out a little bit think about this there's some weird things that happen in the bible huh like jesus if he was walking today doing some of the things that he was doing whenever you read it and maybe some of y'all just never read about it and maybe that's the issue if he was doing some of the things that he was doing back then we would probably label him as a very weird dude. Like, yes, a lunatic, like Mr. Newland said. Like, that's crazy, bro. Like, no way. You just spit and then got some, like, sand made a salve and just, what? No, that's gross. Don't spit in my eye, bro. COVID. Right? Like, we would think it's weird. Listen, I'm not saying that... <laughs> You're going to be Smith Wigglesworth and punting a baby. Okay? Don't do that. I mean, you got (laughs) That's some serious. We'll talk about it another time. I'm not saying you got to spit in people's eyes. (laughs) Please don't do that. Unless you're in wrestling. But. I am saying that the Holy Spirit might call you to do some things that feel uncomfortable and you're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. Whenever he says, hey, and di- you're walking around at your workplace and that one person who's like kind of mean to you and they're like, listen, just go to them and buy their lunch. And you're like, uh, what? No, like that's not, I, that feels weird. Sometimes you need that power of the Holy Spirit to kick your tookus in place and go, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it anyways because Holy Spirit's working through me and in me. You know, that, you know that boss that just keeps putting you down? Yeah, encourage them today. Are you serious, God? Yeah, dead serious. Go do it. Holy Spirit's going to ask you to do some things that might be a little bit different. And we don't need to refuse the Holy Spirit. We need to embrace the Holy Spirit. Paul even talks about that. And I'll talk about it in a second. Paul talks about it. And he talks about how we should desire to prophesy and that we should speak in tongues. Matter of fact, Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. And I'll talk about that in a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. There will always be people that argue that it's not for today, and there will always be even some that will even say it's from the enemy and from the devil. And we must know what the Word says to be firmly established so that whenever you're flowing in these things, you actually can say, no, like, listen, like, this is biblical. I can show you in the Bible where it is. And a lot of times we get baptized with the Holy Spirit, but we don't have a full understanding and revelation knowledge of it. And that's the whole heart of the series, is giving you some revelation knowledge to what you're doing. Because a lot of times we do things with no understanding. And And, like, I just feel like, that's something that the Lord's been putting on my heart is to give you some revelation, knowledge, and understanding of some things that you do, you participate in, that we do here as a church. And listen, baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other speaking in other tongues, speaking in our heavenly language is something we will do at this church and we will continue to do at this church. Amen? It's not something that we're refusing. Just because some people do, we're not going to refuse it. And even and because some people abuse it, we won't refuse it either. We're going to be balanced and we're going to do what the Lord calls us to do. Amen? I'm not saying that we're going to come in every single Sunday and 30 minutes, an hour before service, pray in tongues the whole time, because that can also, I got. I don't have time for this this morning, but that can be off-putting to people that may be new. And Paul talks about that, actually. Paul talks about that, too, about not scaring people off because you're acting weird. Like, they're going to come in and go, you're a lunatic, you're crazy. Uh, I, I got that, actually, in my notes, I believe. We'll talk about it for a minute. But what I am saying is, whenever the Holy Spirit prompts us to pray in other tongues, to pray in our heavenly language, we're going to do that. We're going to flow with it. We're going to go with it. Amen? That's what we're going to do as a church. Now, quick points concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit it is an experience subsequent to salvation, evidenced by speaking in tongues or a heavenly language. Number two, it is available for every believer. I'm going to say that again. Maybe some of you never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidence speaking in of their tongues. Listen to me. It is available for every believer. Everyone can pray in tongues. Everyone can pray in a heavenly language. Now, whether you've received it and you're practicing it yet, that's another thing. But what I am saying is it is available. God is not withholding anything from you. I'll give you a quick testimony real quickly. Uh, High Priest Panama City, we had a, a couple in our church there That was had come up to the altar for two or three times for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and every time there was like a blockade, and they just could they they could not grasp it. And I mean, they would come down, they pray, say the prayer, Lord, saved, I thank you for the free gift of the Holy Spirit. I pray now, I believe that you are filling me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I receive the baptism, Holy Ghost, and fire now in Jesus' name. And then we all begin to pray in the Spirit together. And we pray and pray and pray. He wouldn't get it. And then we go, okay, everybody quiet. We're going to do this again. Wouldn't get it. Quiet. Did it two or three times. And one day, he's having a meeting with Apostle Robert. And um, he's basically explaining to him, like, I just, maybe it's not for me. Maybe I can't get it. Maybe it's not for me. And of course, Pastor Robert corrected um, the theology there. And, you know, no, it's for everyone. Like, this is a gift for every single believer. Anybody who calls on the name of the Lord can receive this gift. And really, it was just a mental blockade. It's really, And sometimes you get in your own head, and <laughs> that's why Pastor Roberts always said it like this. He said, I don't care what you say. I don't care if you start with yabba dabba do. Start there. Your lang- uh, anybody who's ever prayed in the Spirit and has their heavenly language room, you know that you're... Spiritual language dictionary grows. Mine used to be shukada, 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 like, shukada corn, the oyster, you know, shukada, 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 shukada. And now, it just, and it just flows, I don't know what I'm saying. But it's the Holy Spirit, through me, speaking, okay? It's not weird, the Holy Spirit speaking through me in those moments. He knows what I'm saying. But anyways, sitting in the office, Pastor Robert, just him and Pastor Robert. He said, we're going to pray one more time for this right now. There in the office, <clears throat> Holy Spirit fell. Guy was baptized with the Holy Ghost, evidence speaking in other tongues, right there in the office. Not a service. Wasn't worship music going on. The band wasn't building. None of that. Dead quiet office. like, And he was filled with the Holy Ghost right there in that moment. I give that story just to show, you, show forth to you I promise you, he was not a spiritual elite who decided, the Lord said, oh yes, he deserves the power of the Holy Ghost. He can speak to me where others can't. No, like, it's for everyone, Amen? amen? Number three, it is relevant today and has not passed away. It's relevant for today and it has not passed away. Number four, it's a doorway to the supernatural power of God. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is a doorway to the supernatural power of God. Ephesians 5.18, as a matter of fact, it admonishes us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can write that text down and read it later, but it actually tells us, hey, you should be filled with the Spirit. Now, i want to give—we <laughs> are not getting through this today. We are, I'm going to give you four specific accounts of the infilling of the Holy Ghost, four biblical accounts— of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Y'all ready for this? Let's go on a ride. Acts chapter 2, the first one, the day of Pentecost. Very familiar with that one, right? I'm going to read it to you. Acts chapter 2, 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat on each of them. Verse 4. And they were all filled. Somebody say, all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. How many were filled? All filled. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Notice two important words here. They were all filled and began to speak. All filled and began to speak. Every one of them was filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. Because listen, it wasn't actually like, there wasn't like a cow tongue with fire on it sitting over their heads it was an appearance, it was there was a a fire of the Holy Spirit that was being stirred in that room and what happened was they began to speak in other tongues, They begin to speak in other languages as well. There's, a, there's both that's taking place. And so every one of them spoke in tongues. Tongues is the initial physical evidence of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It is a heavenly prayer language that is received at the time of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Now ch- turn over to Acts chapter 10 if you want to. Uh, this is a little bit longer, but I'm going to read it to you, okay? Acts chapter 10, this is the story of Cornelius and Peter's vision. It says this. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Remember that. There's no partiality. Once again, it's for everybody. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace throughout Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Verse 37. That word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Verse 39. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Verse 40. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to the witnesses chosen before uh, by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. 42. And he commanded us to preach. To the people and to testify that he who was ordained by God to be the judge of the living and the dead, to him all the prophets witnessed that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remissions of sins. There it is. You see this: the receiver of remissions of sins. There's a salvation verse 44 while peter was still speaking these words listen the holy spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and the and and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with peter because the gift of the holy spirit had been poured out on the gentiles also 46 for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify god Notice, they heard them speak in tongues magnify God. This is how they knew they were filled. Once again, there was an initial physical evidence of evidence of speaking in tongues. These people who were hearing the word for the first time had not been baptized in water, nor baptized by the Holy Spirit. But listen, as they believed, the Holy Spirit fell. As they believed, the Holy Spirit fell. I'm going to say this. You don't have to be water baptized before you fill the you your spirit baptized I'm once again it's a newness of life you don't have to be water baptized before receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost I'll give you another quick testimony there's a lady in our church we're still very good friends with them um Reed and Ashley Harris and she grew up um, Nazarene did not believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost did not believe in speaking in tongues did not believe in any of that and one service we were having a mighty move of God and uh pastor robert did a an altar call for the baptism of the holy ghost and she went up as a skeptic she went up as a, like a like a, we're gonna test this out see what's going on here okay i kid you not it was like benny hen in that place all right she's coming down the aisle pastor robert steps down he puts his hand up to go lay hands on her before he can touch her she is out in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues immediately. Not a word was prayed over her. I, I, I say that to say this. <laughs> Even if you're a skeptic, you could still be filled as long as you've been saved. Even if you're not sure about the whole baptism thing. Once again, it's for everyone. Anyone. Anyone. Sometimes God will just do some things that will blow our mind, just like it blew Peter's mind. Now, Acts chapter 19, we got two more for you. You still with me? My wife's still with me, nobody else is. That's good. I'll preach to you, baby. Acts chapter 19. Verse 1, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Remember, I'm giving you some biblical examples of the Holy Spirit being poured out, people speaking in, evidence of speaking in tongues. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when, or you could say since, you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed bapti- baptized with a baptism of repentance. Once again, here it is. Repentance first, salvation first. Yeah. Saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. These folks were already saved. Notice, since you believed. Verse 5, there it was. They were baptized in the name of Lord Jesus, which means they were saved. But then, as Paul lays hands on them... The Holy Spirit falls in the place, and people begin to speak in tongues, but not just that. They also prophesy. Listen, we are a church that believes that the Lord still speaks through the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the prophetic word of the Lord. We believe in words of knowledge. We believe in, in words of edification. We believe in that still. We believe that it still has a place in the church and in uh, 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 um, in, in the believers and the people of God and we also believe this we're as crazy to believe this we believe anybody can prophesy we believe that you can hear the voice of the Lord and prophesy the word of the Lord the problem is some of you don't believe it because you've seen the prophetic uh, misexampled and poorly exampled and you've seen it as a gloom and doom thing where a a, a, a prophet calls out every sin you've ever done in your life and demands you to repent of that sin right there. That's not prophetic. Prophetic is for exhortation and comfort. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's what the prophetic's for. And we believe that everybody can hear the voice of the Lord and get a word like that, or even see. There's different ways to hear the voice of the Lord. You can see things. You can feel things. You sense things. We've been talking about that with our kids some, about how there's different ways... To sense the Holy Spirit and prophesy. So they both began to speak in tongues and prophesy. They did both, but the tongues came first. Once again, tongues is displayed as the initial evidence of the influence of the Holy Spirit. Last one, real quickly. The Apostle Paul, right here. This is Acts chapter 9. We're going to read 3 through 6, and then jump to 17. 9, verse 3. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground. And heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. (laughs) It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. Now verse 17, we'll skip down some. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, man, they had church lingo back then. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you come, as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and what? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul has already saved the Damascus Road experience. There's salvation that begins to take place right there. There's, a, there's the let's go back. There's the invitation to salvation right there. And then Paul makes a decision that he's going to follow Jesus whenever he says, then Lord, then Lord, what do you want me to do? How are you saved? Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and Jesus is Lord. That's salvation. In that moment, when Saul says, Lord, there's an, a, a, there's an acknowledgment that Lord, you are king of my life now. So he's saved there. And so then, God sends somebody, Ananias, to lay hands on him, so that he'd receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to understand, there's nothing said about Paul praying in tongues here, right? There's nothing actually that says that he prayed in tongues. But later on, in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, Paul says this, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. So Paul We can deduce to this and say that whenever Paul received the Holy Spirit, he obviously also received the power of speaking in other tongues, heavenly language, because he testifies that he speaks in tongues a lot. Why can we get to that? Because in every other case where somebody is filled with the Spirit that we just read about, what happens? There's evidence of speaking in other tongues. Y'all still with me? We're coming to a close, I promise you. Once again, this is available to everyone. Everyone. Paul Paul even said this. Let me go and say this too. Because some people really believe. We're going to talk about this. And that's kind of how I'm I'm coming to a close of this. I promise you. Some people think we shouldn't pray in tongues. And Paul says this. Paul says, Forbid not. 1 Corinthians 14.39. If you need to look it up yourself. Forbid not to speak in tongues. Let me put it. In modern English, don't forbid people speaking in tongues. That doesn't mean that there's not order in speaking in tongues, but it means don't keep people away from speaking in their heavenly language. And I want to give you real quickly five myths concerning tongues. First one is this. Tongues are not for everybody. We've already debunked that one. But if you want to look up some more, go to Acts 2.39. You can read some more about that. Because it talks about Uh, The promise is for your children, all who are far off, for all whom the Lord, our God, will call. It's for everybody. Because God's calling everyone. Amen? Number two is this. A myth that has been thrown around in church is everyone should not pray in tongues at the same time. And the scripture that people attempt to use in this is 1 Corinthians 14, 22 through 26. You don't have to turn there. Write it down. But what you have to understand is that Paul is contrasting the gift of tongues and the gift of prophecy. He's talking about this here. And also you have to understand there's two different kinds of praying in tongues. There's devotional praying in tongues, and there's manifestation gift of praying in tongues. There's I pray for me, and I pray for my family. I am praying in tongues this way. And then there is the tongues that require, require, say it again. There are tongues that require interpretation. Yes. That's the manifestation. Yes. Some of you have been in those churches where somebody just gets up and... Over what the pastor's saying. And then there's no interpretation. That's out of order. Right. That is not in line even with what Paul says. Paul is, talks about this and actually says that's not the way to do it. Right. Right. But there, there is a place for people devotionally praying in tongues together and if I begin to say in the middle of a message or something like that that would normally need interpretation okay y'all with me if it were wrong for all of us to pray in tongues at the same time then man the day of Pentecost was messed up they messed up when they birthed the church they showed us the wrong way and now number three is this tongues have passed away tongues have passed away All right. some of y'all may not like me after this 1 Corinthians 13 8 and 10 talks about this it says this love never fails but where there are prophecies they will cease where there are tongues they will be stilled where there is knowledge it will pass away with your logic of tongues have passed away Everything else has to. Yeah. Knowledge is gone. Yeah. You have no knowledge. You are a butter brain. That's a new one. There, you have no knowledge at all. These things have all passed away. Tongues are still for today. They have not passed away. Amen? Number four, tongues are of the devil. Y'all laugh. It's a real talk, y'all. These things are really sad. People believe that tongues are of the devil heavenly languages of the devil. 1 Corinthians 14, 2 and 5, you can write that down, says this, For if anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people but to God. I mean, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. There's a talk about edification, exhortation, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies Builds up, strengthens themselves. If it's from hell, why did hell arm you with something that edifies yourself? You really think the devil was down there going, hmm, I make them speak mysteries that edify themselves. No. The gift of speaking in tongues is from the Holy Spirit. It's from God. It's given to you to edify yourself, to stir yourself up. And let me just tell you, when you're on your way to work in the morning and you ain't feeling the best, begin to pray in tongues. Ooh, I need this Jesus. Listen, I've, I've done it on myself when I'm getting ready in the mornings. I've been in the shower, coming to Sunday morning church, and I ain't feeling it. Okay? I ain't going to lie. Some Sundays, I don't want to be here. Not because I don't love people, but because I'm tired. I'm exhausted I woke up in a bad mood it happens I didn't like what I was wearing that day it happens and one hair was out of place I'm angry now I gotta pray in the shower now okay Lord I need you God edify yourself encourage yourself by praying in in your heavenly language amen number five tongues are this is a myth once again some of y'all think this is real. This is a myth. I mean, real people have said this, but this is not the truth. Tongues are merely the result of an overwhelming emotional experience. Has it been used like that in the charismatic Pentecostal circles of churches? Absolutely. We all kept you know, and we get like look like chickens around here. <laughs> <laughs> but Acts 2 4 says this, we begin to speak in our tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Not where the emotion hit all of a sudden, but as the Spirit was stirred within them. As the Spirit prompted them. Now, there's an utterance that begins to come forth. And sometimes, <laughs> You got to tell your spirit, "I'm going to pray in tongues now." Once, once talking about once a a moment ago about edifying, encouraging yourself. Sometimes you got to tell, "Man, I'm going to pray in tongues now. I need this today." Amen. The fact is, we we don't always know what we're praying. Obviously, when we say that, it's like it's like Morse code. Like God hears everything you're saying, understands it clearly, pristine.ly the enemy cannot understand a single bit of it, and that's the great thing whenever you pray in your heavenly language. When you don't know what to pray, there's something within you that's interceding through you, and it's the Spirit of God. So whenever I don't know the English language to speak, whenever I don't know the words even put on the situation, when my son is dealing with drug addiction, not my son, but I'm saying, whenever your son is dealing with drug addiction, he's nine, y'all, when your son is dealing with drug addiction, and you don't know the words to say anymore because you said, Lord, let me free. Lord, set him free. Lord, set him free. And you're exhausted there's a spirit that is within you that can be stirred up and you can begin to pray and prophesy in your heavenly language set them free now you have that power You got to stir those things up. You release that sound from your spirit, man, and you watch as the devil's confused as you begin to pray. It's a mighty weapon that you can use to bypass the enemy and communicate straight with God. These are different things that happen whenever we pray in the spirit. We can ask for power. We can ask for help. We can ask for strength. We can ask for wisdom. We can ask for revelation. It's a way to stir up the gifts and edify yourself, and you can do all of that without saying one English word because your spirit man knows what you need, so begins to pray for you and on your behalf and is speaking to Jesus and Jesus is sitting there at the right hand of the Father listening and interceding for you to the Father saying this is what they need God let's move, let's do this Holy Spirit is moving through them I said all that to say this today that I believe if you're washed by the blood you should be washed and you should be filled with the Spirit because it is available to all, this is the language of heaven This is the language of heaven. You want to bring heaven into earth? Speak the language of heaven. It's a heavenly language. I'm spirit-filled. If I'm spirit-filled, I should speak the language of the spirit. I'm going to say this. You might want to write this down. The authority of heaven is found in heaven's language. The The authority of heaven is found in heaven's language the enemy if the enemy can't understand that language then it carries a different kind of authority than me even speaking things i'm not saying i'm not going to speak in faith and declare things because i'm going to decree things but i'm also going to pray in the spirit and decree some things in the spirit in the way the enemy doesn't understand it miss donna we come play please listen whenever you pray you send angels on assignment in the spirit jesus is interceding for you when you pray in the Spirit. God knows what you need when you pray in the spirit. (laughs) Hell shakes whenever you pray in the spirit. Because it doesn't know what's going on. And you're talking directly to God and he can't intercept it. He can't bring any confusion. Think about this. One of the tactics of the enemy is what? To bring confusion. One of the tactics of the enemy in your life is to confuse you. And your purpose, your plan, your destiny, all of those things you pray in the spirit you have the power to confuse him and bring confusion into the camp of the enemy you have the power to drive him crazy because he can't understand whenever you speak directly to God I'm not even saying just be filled with the spirit I'm saying be filled with the spirit and pray often every day Find time. I don't care if it's 60 seconds. I don't care if it's 60 minutes. Find time. Pray in the Spirit. If you have your heavenly language, pray in the Spirit. We stand to your feet.